For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school, but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. This is Lady Boy Gigi. And tonight's episode is on Aphrodite's Temple, a sex-positive, sacred-sex environment that we create for certain groups and functions for people to come and explore sexuality in a safe environment. And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> and... I started Aphrodite's Temple partly after I heard about the Temple of Ishtar that was run at the main Burning Man years and years ago, many years ago. And it inspired me, and I thought, oh, this would be awesome. And I kind of researched a little bit about what they did and what information I could get about it. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot. And then I kind of envisioned what, what would make an amazing sex temple. And I kind of researched a little bit on some of the ancient sacred sex temples and a few other ancient civilizations. And they differed from civilization to civilization. But they had certain things in common. And I think one that really kind of inspired me was that 
in all of them, sex was considered sacred, a sacred act that people came to the temple to worship sexuality in a way and take part in sexuality. But even the ancient temples were also set up for people to make life transitions more smoothly by getting assistance with the priest or priestess in the ancient sex temples. And they also taught and educated people about sexuality, especially young people who were just coming of age. And in many of these societies, it was considered that once you reach puberty, you were an adult. <laughs> and different cultures have subscribed to definitions of adulthood differently from our own. I mean, in our culture, basically adulthood is 21, or full adulthood. 18 is considered adult for most things. <laughs> and it can vary from state to state and from location to location, even in the United States. But basically, I had this vision of creating a space that was free of judgment, where we had rules as limited as we can make them, but to preserve safety for each person coming into temple and for people to come to workshops during the day and then come to temple at night and explore sexuality and explore new concepts in sexuality. I started the temple in a pagan group, and at first they said, well, you can't put it in the program, and it's got to be by word of mouth, and we, you need to keep it within your tent. Well, the first night I ran it, we had a line outside my tent from about 11 o'clock till 3 in the morning. <laughs> so the next festival, I thought, oh, I'm going to need a bigger tent. So I just got a whole bunch of big tarps and tarped out an area. We didn't have a roof over it, but it was a huge area. Uh, probably is 10 foot tarps wide that and I had 20 of them going in a circle. And the first night we, and every night of that festival, we had a line outside <laughs> because the place was packed. And people came up to me the next day after coming to temple and coming to the workshops, and they said, I didn't realize, but you have brought a special gift. I didn't realize that sexuality was missing from our pagan heritage at our festivals and it's so good that you brought this here of course I got some people that thought oh sex should be kept in the tent and it shouldn't be in a group setting and got a lot of flack at first but as people got to know me and what I do it became more and more accepted by more and more people there's still some that think, oh, they shouldn't be running a sex temple, but but that can vary. That's people's are gonna have different ideas and different thoughts and some of those people gripe about whatever's put on at festival that they don't really agree to. And pagan festivals tend to be very broad range. You get Celtic, you get many different paths that are followed and people put on workshops for many different things. So I know that everybody gets a little flack from <laughs> putting on what they put on. You can't help it. It's one big happy family, but there are times when the family gets a little bit out of sorts or whatever. <laughs> but on the whole, I think Aphrodite's temple has been a huge success. And i like to have Paul share his experience when he first came to Aphrodite's temple. So my first experience with temple was at 
flip side, which is uh, Texas Regional Burn. It has about 3,000 people most of the time. And the year that I met Gigi, I was in a camp that didn't intend to be a sex camp, but because of the wording of our description, our camp was mistaken for a sex camp, so we got put with all of the other sex camps. <laughs> and I had gone through the schedule, and I had looked at all the camps that were going to be there, and I saw Gigi's camp, and I read the description and different events that he was going to put on, and it sounded really intriguing. And so at the festival, I was walking around, and I don't remember whether I walked into Gigi's camp or he invited me to come sit down, but I sat down and I talked with him, and he was telling me all about Temple and how he had been running it for more than 20 years. And he told me about the beginnings of Temple. And he was talking to me about all sorts of things that I had never heard about. And it was really exciting. He just fascinated me from the beginning and we talked for several hours and the whole time there's people playing on the equipment and having sex and it was the first time I had ever seen anyone do CBT and funnily enough I decided that was something I would just never do (laughs) (laughs) and now it's now it's my favorite um throughout this conversation I just started getting more and more out of it and I remember Gigi asking me if I wanted him to do a scene with me and I was real shy at that time I didn't take him up on the offer but then I kept on seeing him at Flipside and spent more time with him. And eventually we did start doing scenes together. And it really was the beginning of something really amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know that for a lot of people, they come into Temple and there's everybody comes in with kind of different expectations and different fears and because sexuality in our culture is kind of a scary thing, especially when you're running a place like Aphrodite's Temple. And I remember so many people coming in and I'd give them little talks about what we're about and that, yeah, you can come and just observe, but observe actively. You don't have to participate unless you want to. And I'd say things like, when you do observe, just put some of your own erotic energy back to the group. And I think one of the things that really was part of my vision in all this was to create a more sex-positive approach. I've been to many bisexual conferences, and really the sex-positive movement just drew something out of me. It attracted me. It's like this amazing concept to me that oh sex can be this sacred act and we can embrace sexuality openly and discuss it freely and even be sexually expressive and so I do workshops like call of the wild where we do rituals of calling out the wild energies to guide us and raise that primal energy and dance naked through the woods and even climb trees and masturbate or enjoy all forms of sexual expression. And then I started doing rituals like the stag hunt and several other ones that have been really amazing rituals. And people have just really gotten so much out of it. But everything is consensual. We do have rules. No means no, and 
It's your basic rules. Ask before you touch. Don't interrupt the scene going on or someone's activities. If someone wants you to join them, they'll invite you in, but don't just hover over and try to jump into something. Get something going on your own. <laughs> if they don't invite you in immediately, sometimes people want to play within their own group. Sometimes it's just couples. Sometimes it's several people doing erotic massage, for example. All kinds of things can go on in Temple. And I wanted a space, an environment where people could be sexually free and have freedom of sexual expression and have a place where they could learn more from one another and from the workshops I put on. And during the day, I put on workshops, everything from doing a Taoist genital massage to how to have better oral sex or anal sex. I've done workshops on all kinds of topics. And part of what I do in Aphrodite's Temple is help educate people about sexuality because we don't get much information. We definitely don't get any formal training in sex ed as far as how to and the ins and outs of it all. And especially on the safety protocol, there's some types of sex that you really need to take safety measures. And we do require that everybody use barriers when they're playing in temple. <laughs> but anyway, Paul, any thoughts? I think one of my favorite things about temple is seeing people slowly open up. And it mm -hmm. reminds me of my first time because when I first came in, I was timid and I was shy and things like that. But it was through our conversation that opened me up to a lot of new things and a lot of new concepts. And I've seen that with a lot of people. Yeah, um, what were some of the concepts that really opened your eyes in the beginning? Some of the concepts that really opened my eyes was noticing how you talked about different things and how you handled things like voyeurism. Because when I first got into Temple, I didn't know what was respectful and what wasn't and almost felt guilty for watching people have sex and enjoy their sexuality. And to learn that there was a respectful way to enjoy it that wasn't seedy or creepy yeah. was very eye-opening and did a lot for me. And there is a kind of symbiotic relationship between the exhibitionist and the voyeur. Mm -hmm. Both are feeding off each other, so it's not like somebody's taking something without giving back. It's very... There's a good flow to exhibitionism and voyeurism if it's done with the right attitudes and values. <laughs> yeah, and it was learning that attitude that really helped me understand a lot because the only open sexuality that I had witnessed before was at parties with people that I knew and because I knew them and I knew that they were okay with it, that was a lot easier than learning how to approach strangers having sex in public. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things I talk about a lot in Temple is that for exhibitionists to really thrive and enjoy putting on their show, you need an audience of voyeurs. And I know that oftentimes to start out Temple, I'll put on a sex show. I'll do a masturbation show or I'll put on a, some kind of show that 
brings up the erotic energy and I discovered early on in doing temple is that nobody wants to go first. So being the exhibitionist I am, I'd always go first, unless sometimes we get people coming back to temple that had been in the past and they just kind of come in and get things going before I'm ready to put on my show, but that's cool. <laughs> and then temple takes off and I've even been come back you know often I'll get my dinner and then I'll do a short walk around because I don't usually open temple before 10 or 11 at night and so I'll go check out some of the other theme camps if I'm at Flipside or I'll go do some other camps if I'm at one of the pagan festivals and then I'll come back to Temple, and sometimes I come back, and Temple's already going. <laughs> and people are engaging in all kinds of activities, everything from BDSM to having delicious sex, everything from blowjobs to anal sex to vaginal, penal intercourse. It's all so beautiful to come in and see everybody just reaching states of ecstasy together. <laughs> and oftentimes, even monogamous couples come in and they'll play with each other. And some of them like to be a little more private, so they play off in one of the corners, while others like to get right in front of everybody. <laughs> and so we try to offer a little bit for everybody at Temple. But any thoughts or comments on <laughs> one of my favorite things about temple is a lot of times we will bring something that gets really popular and gets everyone engaged like oh, yeah. when you bring it out is. the the violet wand that's that's a real crowd pleaser and fire cupping <laughs> and fire cupping yeah i remember one time that we were doing cuppings for at least three or four hours in a row person after person just kept on wanting one and I like that it's always a little different it depends on what the activity is and it kind of gives a specific feel to temple on any given night oh yeah and I know that oftentimes people come in after attending the workshops and they want to put into practice what they learned in the workshops. So when I do a fire cupping workshop, then that's a big hit that night. <laughs> or if I do a Taoist genital massage, we've often had people come in and do the practice of Taoist genital massage, which is a different kind of massage technique. It's very erotic and it's raising the sex energy and circulating it in the throughout the body and kind of bringing the person close to orgasm but not quite all the way there and then it culminates in a type of energy orgasm which is called the big draw and people are just fascinated about how to have an energy orgasm as opposed to the more physical type orgasm and it's amazing where People learn and explore and discover whole new ways to make love together, <laughs> whether it's through energy orgasms or forming a genital heart connection. I remember the first time I did the genital heart connection exercise, people at first were kind of giggling and thinking, oh, this is kind of silly. I said, no. Really focus in on the person you're with. Form that genital heart connection. Get in touch with the energy. And the energy would just slowly start to build between all the pairings in the room. And next thing I knew, people were like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> and I know you were pretty fascinated when we did the genital heart connection Oh, yeah, that was a really amazing ritual that you did. And we had a lot of people. It was 
standing room only for that ritual. Oh, yeah. Often when I run Aphrodite's temple at Burning Man, we don't really do the workshops because they don't really have a, a schedule. You just do things impromptu. So I do sometimes do some impromptu things. Like one time I brought a whole bunch of acrylic paint and we had a naked body painting where everybody painted each other. And that was amazing to reach that little bit more primal side. Let's, let's decorate our bodies and make them sexy and interesting with body paint. <laughs> so at Flipside, it's a little different. At, at pagan festivals, they do have a schedule. So especially during the day, and, and even at night. And so I schedule rituals. I don't do as many rituals at Flipside because it's really more into the artist and many people that attend Flipside or the Burning Man events aren't into the pagan thing. And so it's all a different kind of environment and temple has its own kind of flow and rhythm depending where I take it and who the audience is and who's participating and so I can have a different flavor at different events and even at the same venue over time it can have different ways of flowing because I tend to go with where people are at and what they are wanting to experience. Yeah, that was one of the things that really drew me to the way that you run Temple is realizing that you picked up on the energy of people and you met them where they were. Because mm -hmm. I think that makes for a much more powerful experience. And it's always interesting that temple feels different depending on the people who are there and it's also interesting because the way that you run temple is that you have the play space and then you have the more social area and hanging out, out around the social area you get to know people and you talk to them and a lot of times, the connections that make for really hot scenes happen around the social area. Oh, yeah, because that's the area to kind of negotiate and discuss what you want to do. And Because one of the things I do have as a rule is there's no casual discussions inside Temple. We don't want to disrupt the energy or the space. And, you know, you don't want someone talking about their aunt's uh, medical problems while a couple's having sex right next to you. <laughs> that could throw things off for the couple having sex. So we keep casual conversations outside a temple, around the fire pit, and that way people can kind of discuss and explore and kind of test the waters in a social environment and say, well, I've kind of always wanted to try this out. And I'll meet someone and they go, oh, I've kind of been interested in trying that too. Do you want to go in and try it? And next thing you know, they're inside and having an amazing time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and one of the things that, you know, when I was growing up, it was hard to find environments where we could be sexually expressive and sexually free. Even when I had partners, I wanted to have a space where I could explore new things with a partner in a safe environment, a protected environment, but where we could be more open and free and expressive in our sexuality in front of others. And I think that's part of what Temple is about, is providing that environment. It's an environment where you can come in and explore whatever is in your heart's desire, as long as it's safe and 
consensual and you're not doing harm to anybody or to yourself. And that's pretty much the guidelines I've put up is that all sexual acts of the goddess, she gives her blessing. And all acts of the sexuality are sacred acts or can be if we come at it with the right attitudes. And so that's the environment I set up with Temple is that first of all, sex is a sacred act. And when you come in here, leave your mundane thoughts and ideas at the door. Come in and it doesn't mean you have to buy into it, but just come in and don't be judgmental. Just take it in. See what is happening. And Temple gets an amazing energy going. I think one of the real important things that you just said was don't be judgmental. And that's one of my favorite things about Temple is, especially when I see someone that's into something that they're used to getting judged for or they might not feel comfortable talking about. Like Golden Showers is a really good example. Seeing people feeling free to talk about these things that regular society would make fun of them for or demonize them for and knowing that they are in a place where it's safe to talk about things like that is yeah. really moving to me. And I think part of it is, is that even though it may not necessarily be demonized per se, oftentimes a person can be ostracized from a group for having certain sexual practices. But in Temple, we welcome all acts of love as long as it falls within the parameters of safe and consensual and do no harm. <laughs> One thing I will point out, though, is that we are also safety conscious. So, for example, if someone was going to do a scene with a golden shower, we have tarps and it would happen outside of the play space to not risk infecting anyone or anything like that. Oh, yeah, we do keep good safety protocol. <laughs> and for those that don't know what golden showers are, uh, golden showers are when you pee on another person or have someone pee on you. And I would like to tell a little story about Flipside. <laughs> I have a few people that come to Temple on a very regular basis and even a few people that help me with Temple. And one flip side, I said, you know, I'd like to receive a golden shower, but I want an audience. <laughs> so instead of doing it in camp, we thought, why don't we go out to the playa? It's where they do the big burn. They build the, the man out and it's this huge sculptured artwork that gets burned on the burning night. And so I laid out naked in the field while these two women started peeing on me. And this one guy comes by and he goes, and they asked him, would you like to pee on him? And he goes, oh, I just peed him a few minutes ago, but I tell you what, when I need to go, I'll come pee on him. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, our camp's the Aphrodite's temple. And they pointed where it was. And he said, oh, good. Well, when I need to pee, I'll come by and I'd enjoy peeing on Gigi. <laughs> and so later he did. And then we got back to camp afterwards, and he came by and peed on me. It was very delicious. It's just amazing to feel that warm fluid flowing all over your body. And oh, it's just incredible. And then a little later, one of the rangers came by and told us, oh, we got a report that there's this guy passed out in the field near the burning man, and two women peed on him. And I said, no, that was me, and I wasn't passed out. I was enjoying every minute. <laughs> <laughs> he started cracking up laughing, and he said, only you would do that, Gigi. <laughs> 
But we had such an amazing time with that. And but sometimes we do really fun and crazy stuff in Temple. <laughs> but anyway, we're near our station break. And I would like to invite you to visit our website at ravenslayerleather.com. We have set up a membership site. And if you go to the homepage and scroll down to where I have the podcast listed, I do have a link to join the membership site. And in the membership site, we offer extra bonus materials. We have discussion boards. We have a lot of places where you can either ask questions or share some of your experiences. Maybe you've tried a few things out that you heard about on the show and would like a little further insight into it. Or maybe you had a wonderful experience and would like to share it with others. Well, this is a safe space for you to come and share it. It, too, is a non-judgment zone. It's a sacred space, and even though it's on cyberspace, it is, in my mind, a sacred space, and a space that needs to be kept confidential. So if you want to join and you can abide by those simple rules, come join and get in on the discussions. Soon I will be having more people joining. Right now we've been having a few technical problems with it, so I'm going to have to find out what's going on there, but hopefully we'll have it up and running real soon. Anything you want to add? While you're on the site, you can go to our training video area. We offer many, many different training courses. Most most of the ones that cost money are $10 for a course. Um, and each course has a lot of training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has a lot of different videos, and they come with worksheets and handouts and diagrams and different things that you can use to enhance your sex life. And it's really well worth the money. And there's even several free things on the training courses. So that is one way that you can support us. And another way that you can support us is by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a link to it on the website as well. And and if you have questions that you'd like to ask and have us answer on our show, my email address, I have a link for that too on that page where you can email me directly or you can leave a comment and let us know your questions and we will look into them. I'm in the process of setting up a Skype for a call-in interview with somebody that suggested doing this. We're working on it still. I'm not the techno whiz, so it takes me a little time to get the information to put this together, but it's almost there. (laughs) Back to our topic. And I would like to say that I've been doing Aphrodite's Temple for about 25 years now. Oh, no, a little bit longer, I think. And it's amazing all the experiences I've had just running Temple. And it's rare that I ever have sex while I'm doing Temple, except when I put on a sex show. And that's usually a masturbation show of some sort or another. But as the facilitator and the person kind of running Temple, I'm in charge of creating a good, safe environment and ensuring that everybody's doing well. And I don't police it, but what I do is if someone looks like they're having difficulty, I'll walk up and say, hey, why don't you step out? Let's talk for a minute. What's going on with you? And I'll assist them and help them figure out how they can become more involved within their comfort zone. Because I do see people struggling, part of them. It's kind of like at the high school dance. You'll see sometimes people kind of scared to ask someone else 
out to dance. So I'll give them a little nudge and say, hey, if you're interested, I can help you connect with some other people or come out to the social area. Let's discuss some things and explore what you want to get out of Temple tonight. Yeah, I think that it's really interesting seeing people kind of struggling with things because it reminds me of when I was there. And it's interesting to just kind of talk with them. And a lot of times it just takes talking to get them out of their shell and a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of reflects on the sex-negative culture we live in. People get that shy not because they're that way. They get that shy because they've been damaged from living in a sex-negative culture at some level or another. Sometimes it may be just some type of emotional slap on the hand, so to speak. Or, oh, you shouldn't think that way, or you shouldn't do such and such. That's bad. (laughs) Or maybe they've been shamed at some point. And in Temple, we put shame and guilt aside. Sex is a sacred act. And when we develop that attitude, then we can let the inner child come out and explore and discover for themselves what feels good, what works for us. And everybody's a little different. I've had people come in and discover things that they really enjoyed. And it wouldn't be my cup of tea, so to speak, but it was very much things they wanted to explore and do. And I'm very supportive of that. It is totally a non-judgment zone. And I'm here not to make judgments except in the case of safety. I will intervene if I see something that's unsafe. But any thoughts? (laughs) I think that it's really, really positive to see what people get out of Temple, and it makes me want to do better and learn more ways to help people come out of their shell and help people express themselves sexually and gain confidence and things like that because I know that the short time I've been helping you with Temple, I've seen amazing transformations in people. Oh, yeah. And I know that things that have happened in Temple have affected these people deeply and continue to affect them long after Temple. Oh, I've had people come up to me that they may have missed some festivals or hadn't seen me in a couple of years, and all of a sudden they see me out there and they'll come running up and they go, oh, Gigi, I just want to tell you how much coming to your Temple transformed my entire life. I see things so differently now, and it really has awoken something that I didn't even realize was there. And it just opened the door to such an incredible experience for me in my life. And so I think it does kind of, just by participating in Temple for one event, can change your attitude in such ways that it has very profound effects in your day-to-day life, where it does open you up to be more sexually expressive with your partners or maybe more communicative with your partner. I know I've had both women and men say, you know, just after attending your body map workshop, it improved me and my partner's sex life so much. And we never talked about these things before we came to Temple. We never could really communicate well. But this just opened a whole new door for us. Yeah, and I also think that not only does Temple directly affect a lot of people, but those people go out and they find their own partners and 
they teach the things that they learned in Temple to those partners, and it has this ripple effect that just goes throughout the world. And I know one of the missions of Temple is to create a more sex-positive world, and I think that we are doing it. Oh, definitely. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit tonight about how we structure Temple, the physical layout. Do you want to kind of describe it a little bit? Yeah, so generally the way that we set up Temple, we decide on a space for the play space where all of the equipment is going to go. And we set up all of the equipment. Depending on what festival we're at, we have different things at CMA, which is one of the pagan festivals that we go to. We have a permanent structure that we generally set up equipment. Generally, under the permanent structure, we set up things like massage tables and things like that. And then the outside area next to it that we can put walls around, we put out the bigger play equipment and then when we do burns and things like that generally we have pop-ups that we put over the equipment and then we have an area within the place that has the equipment where we have the various different toys we have a box full of impact toys and things like that we have one box full of more sensory play things, things like gloves and feather dusters and different kinds of material and just different things to create different sensations in the body. And then we have a box that you keep all of your bondage stuff in, like your cuffs and things of that nature. And then We also have the social area that we set up. Generally, especially if it's going to be cold, we have some way of having a fire. And we'll normally have chairs around there. Mm -hmm. And then we have our camping area where all of our tents are. And we normally have a kitchen area. And we try a lot to cater to people's needs that aren't necessarily sexual as well as their sexual needs so oh, yeah we and always we do sensual and mm-hmm. i mean it's just anything where people can because we do live in such a touch deprived society mm-hmm. and sometimes just receiving even non-erotic touch can be very healing and very beneficial for us mm-hmm And one of the things that we always try to have on hand for people is plenty of water because with a lot of the forms of play, you need to drink a lot of water and we don't want to be responsible for people getting dehydrated and sick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And depending on the venue, I mean, at certain venues, we have to have the space enclosed because we have children around Mm -hmm. and we don't want children witnessing this but like at flip side and some of the burning man events those are some even though they have children on the property we do have the red light district where children aren't allowed back there Mm -hmm. and so we have it more open so we don't have to have the walls up (laughs) yeah and that can be pretty hot i mean Mm -hmm. we've gotten some amazing people coming in and saying, ooh, I want to put on a sex show for everybody. And Mm -hmm. they'll put on all kinds of different performance pieces that are just beautiful and amazing. (laughs) And, oh, I remember one woman, she was just a little shy at first, but then she really got into it. And she was like, just really hamming it up and enjoying all the attention and she was the star you know and so in temple you can come in and be the star of the show (laughs) so we feed people in different ways and it can feel so good to get up in front of people and put on a little thing 
and mm -hmm. all kinds of different things. Everything from BDSM play to sexual acts and showing sensual acts. We've even had strip teases and all kinds of performers come in and mm -hmm. do their thing. And it can be so beautiful and freeing. And, and for a lot of these people, they've never had an environment where they could do something like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the services that Aphrodite's temple provides. And, you know, back to the different venues, we do try to keep things very legal. Well, we absolutely keep things very legal. And we do keep things private when we need to. And we keep it a little bit more public when it's appropriate. And so it can be a very amazing experience for people. I remember one time we had a person come and want to be in the cage. And I do have a little cage set up. And they asked, can I get in the cage? And I said, sure, do you want to just be on display or is it okay if people play with you? We've got sensory toys. And he says, oh, I want people to play with me. This person stayed in the cage for like six hours enjoying every moment of it and just couldn't get enough. <laughs> so it's just an amazing experience. And they told me afterwards, I've never done anything like this. This is so incredible. It's such an amazing experience. So I think that that's one of the things we're missing in our culture is a space for adult play between kindred spirits. And I'm not here to have anybody come into temple that doesn't want to. There is an option. It's not required. But for kindred spirits that really want to explore and experience something new and beautiful and different, that's what Aphrodite's temple is all about, is providing a safe environment, a sacred space, and a space for having the attitude of sex is a sacred act and having the philosophy of this is a sex-positive space, a non-judgmental space. And if you're not into something somebody's doing, just step out to the social area, come back a little later. If it turns you off, we're not saying that everything everybody does has to be a turn-on for you, but don't get been out of shape about it just let them do their thing and then come do your thing and enjoy the space in the way that you enjoy it any other thoughts or comments one of the things that i really like about temple is that because we are so open to different kinds of people and we get different kinds of people you never know what you're going to see. There's lots of boy-on-boy -boy sex, boy-on-girl sex. There's girl-on-girl -girl sex. There's boy-and-girl-on-boy and girl-and-girl-on-boy and, girl and, girl and, yeah. and everything in between. I've even seen puppy piles where mm -hmm. <laughs> basically a type of orgy <laughs> mm -hmm. where everybody's having sex together. Mm-hmm. And you'll see things that might be a little difficult for you even. The first time I saw anyone doing humiliation play was kind of difficult for me to see. But it turned out good for me in the long run. Sometimes you have to face those things that are difficult for you to handle at first. And I would like to jump in and say that oftentimes things aren't what they appear at the surface. I know that I've gotten into humiliation play in the past. And the outcome is quite opposite of the play itself. By going through humiliation play, I came out stronger and more confident in who and what I am 
And so it's a very healing form of play, but it can be kind of difficult to observe if humiliation is something that kind of rubs you the wrong way. And so oftentimes when I do put on performances that are a little bit on the more risque side, I'll give the audience a fair warning and say, uh, shortly we're going to do such and such. If you want to observe, stay, and by staying you give consent to observe. But if you don't want to observe, then go out to the sexual area for 15, 20 minutes while we do this. And then we do what we do. <laughs> but I do like to give everybody informed consent. Mm-hmm. It's important to me to make sure everybody's getting what they want out of it, providing a space for all different types of interests, but also being sensitive to the needs of everyone, that not everybody's going to be into this. And so we try to provide a good space for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a very powerful thing to be aware. I think one of the reasons that Aphrodite's temple is as successful as it is is because you do take the time to really figure out what people really want and what Mm -hmm. the people there really want out of their experience there and you do a really good job and you've taught me to learn how to cater to the desires of people and do so with wisdom and understanding and to really look out for people and make sure that everyone is happy and Mm -hmm. another of the things I think is really powerful since people go through a lot of firsts at Temple, after they get done with an experience, I know that you like to give them time to ride it. Process. And process. Yeah. But I know that a lot of times afterwards, they talk to you and they work through their feelings and work through the experience. And a lot of times they're just amazed by how wonderful it is. And they're really happy. But if some hard feelings come up, they are able to talk to you about it. And because you've experienced a lot, and because you have a background as a social worker, I think that you do a really good job of helping them talk through what may have been hard for them. Oh, yeah. And I like to hear people and get a feel for where people are and what they experience because I want to make Temple the best it can be for everybody. (laughs) Well, I have a question for you, Paul. Okay. What is one of your most treasured experiences from Temple? So without taking away from the confidentiality of our patrons, There was one time in particular that I remember that this person came to Temple and I remember you talking with her for a really long time. And as you were talking with her, I knew that I saw the gears working in your head and I heard that she was interested in trying something that she had never tried before. And I knew that you were taking time to talk with her to really design the perfect scene for her. And I let you talk with her for a long time without coming up. And after y'all had been talking for a long while, I came up and you included me in the conversation. And then you asked her if she wanted to do a scene with you and then you asked her if she'd be comfortable with me helping do the scene Mm -hmm. and then you had me help her do the scene with her and it was really really powerful because while 
I was assisting with the scene in no way, shape, or form was I acting as a dom. If anything, mm-hmm. I was acting as your sub, like assisting you mm-hmm. with the scene. And I remember how powerful it was for her. And it was a really, really intense scene. And then after the scene, I remember us all talking about it afterwards. And then I remember asking her if she wanted to cuddle that night and going back to her camp and cuddling with her that night. And it was just really sweet. And Mm -hmm. that's that experience is one that I remember very strongly. Oh, cool. (laughs) Well, we're at the top of the hour again. (laughs) Time flies fast. I do want to remind everybody to visit our website, ravenslayerleather.com. Check out our training videos. We've got some that are free, some for a small charge for most of them. And then also consider joining the membership site for adult bedtime stories. Join in the discussions. And like I say, I am going to be putting more and more bonus materials in the membership site just for our members that want to participate and discuss and share experiences. I think we can learn a lot from each other and that's partly why I put together the membership site. It is a non-judgment zone, and it's a sex-positive space where you can talk to others. And I do monitor the discussions, so I want to ensure safety for all in this space and create a space where we can talk freely and communicate freely. And if you want to use an email to maintain some confidentiality, get a brand new email through one of the email providers. Many of them are free of charge, and you can get an email address that's just for the membership site. So, any other comments you want to throw in before we end the show? (laughs) Helping with Temple has been one of the most positive experiences in my life, and I am really, really happy to be your apprentice and knowing that I'm going to be a part of this probably for the rest of my life. Ah. And it's something that really excites me and makes me really, really happy. And I love doing Aphrodite's Temple. It is such a joy to see people experience and awaken new things in their lives and experience new joys and new forms of ecstasy and reach new heights. And also, I see a lot of people that get healing from attending temple, healing from living in a sex-negative culture. Most of their life, they're just kind of in the day-to-day living. And they come into temple, and it's like, Oh, I think I just found Wonderland. (laughs) This is magic. (laughs) And so it opens up a whole new experience. And it is such a beauty to, and such a joy to provide this service to people and see people transform their lives and grow and become much more open and sexually free. It's amazing. Well, on that note, have an amazing night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Raise that sexual energy and enjoy the pleasures that your body can give you through touch, through caresses. Enjoy masturbating or making love with another. Explore your life and where do you want to open up? and be freer and be able to experience new levels of ecstasy, new heights of enjoyment of the pleasures of the flesh. It can be so amazing and so liberating. I know for me, 
in my life, I've come to such amazing places with so many people and opened so many doors, not just for them, but for myself. Exploring and having new experiences, it's amazing where we can go with this stuff if we just open our minds to it. So on that note, have a good night. Enjoy your journey. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great